Hey guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am Chris Longino coming to you from a beautiful Friday evening here in Greenville, South Carolina. Hope everybody is ready for the weekend. And I, guess what? I got a podcast for you. I got Kevin Lindsay. Kevin came on with me yesterday. We got to talk a little bit about the the short doc that came out uh, from the Golfer's Journal uh, on Thursday. We talked a little bit about the World Championship and uh, some of the uh, upcoming courses coming up. It's good stuff coming from Kevin. So it's World Championship season. It's time for uh, us to get ready for it. We're just uh, a little – It's it will be about 22 days, and we will crown a new or another Golden Tee World Champion and uh, it's time to get excited about it. It's Las Vegas. I love seeing you guys out there, and I, I love being a part of this. And uh, guess what? It's been a while since I've seen a lot of you, so um, I look forward to this a lot. So enjoy the podcast here. Here is Kevin Lindsay. Uh, Kevin Lindsay joining me right now. We were just talking. The Golfer's Journal video just came out. I, I, first off, have you got a chance to watch it? I did. I did. I watched it a couple of times. They, uh, they gave us a kind of like a preview link so we could go through and make sure everyone's names and titles were spelled right and everything. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the way I look at it is it's a fun project that they came up, uh, to us about, uh, for anybody who was at the first event of the year, the national tournament of the year in Florida saw, uh, Jason and his team from the journal going around and, and recording Andy Haas and, all the kind of uh, the necessities that happen at a golden tea tournament from the, the actual tournament to the games after the friendship, you know, all the stuff that, that the community is known for. And, um, and then they came to the it offices a couple of months later and shot some interviews with, with our team. And uh, I think this is really the beginning. It's, it's quick. It's like 12 minutes, but I think this is the beginning of something uh, potentially bigger with them because it's, as you know, almost as, as much as anybody or more than anybody, like there's so much history to tell. Uh, and, and we want to make sure that we're telling it and we're telling it right. Absolutely. I, I, I 12 minutes long is exactly right. It was, it's on YouTube. Travis, oh, the Earl buddy, Travis Tressler. He, he's the one that posted it on golden T fan. And that's why I gave it a watch right before we started here. Um, <laughs> I'd never heard of the golfer's journal up until that point. Uh, but they got a big following. They have eight, like 18,000 subscribers on Instagram. It, it's, it looked like a pretty, very professional, professional deal. Yeah. They, they actually did an interview with Jim Zelensky at who, you know, most people listen to this know, but you know, as co-creator golden T and our senior game designer outside of the, what are we at? 15 or 16 design holes in golden T Jim's created every course and every hole, um, you know, obviously around the the art team and the design team, but they they are really the brainchild of Jim Z. Um, and so during the pandemic, they did an interview with him. They put it in their magazine. And, and, and so obviously now that we're in a post pandemic world, there's been so many ideas between their team and ours of like, what can we do to tell the deeper story uh, of Golden Tee? And and really just the, the stuff that maybe anybody outside of the community might not know about, like, Andy Haas and, you know, the Evan Gossett's and, and Paul Luna's that are actually making a living playing the game. Um, and that's an important piece for us to tell, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily push and promote that as, as much as uh, I think we could be, and we will be in the future um, because skill-based gaming and esports is such a big thing. And I said this in the the documentary, but I'll say it here, like golden T was, one of the first esports when we started connecting Golden T 3D games. In you said that for a while. Now. Yeah, and so, it, but sure. and it's true, you know. And and I I've tried over the years, even before I was at IT, but even even more so now after six and a half years of trying to do the math of all the money that we've given out over the years, whether it's through the online game tournaments, uh, the national tournaments of the world, and it's hard to keep track because you've got twenty seven years of of tournaments and data and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're, we're way past the hundred million mark for without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, it's probably even much more than that, but unless you've been around this community for a long time, you really don't necessarily know that. Or if you're new to golden tea or, um, you know, you just see it at a bar and you play it every once in a while. Yeah. Two things. I first, I get a little concerned sometimes when 
projects come along and then they tell the story a little bit differently than what the story should have been told. There was years ago, and Steve can tell this story better than I can, uh, but they uh, there was a group that approached uh, the tour and said they wanted to do a piece where um, I think somebody was coming in and they had their last hundred to spend and they're going to do it by playing in a golden tee tournament and see how well they can do. And they're like, okay, that's not the story we're telling here. All right. Uh, and so I get concerned, I think, uh, and I don't want to bring back really old stuff, but there was a, you know, early two thousands in the MTV, you know, that, that stuff wasn't, you know, that wasn't the most flattering stuff either. And so I get concerned, but I, they seem genuine about it. So that's, that's good. And you're right to telling the story correctly. I wish we kept better video footage, like back in the nineties and like two thousands. I mean, there was a 30 or like a, yeah, it was like a 30 minute video that it used to relate, uh, like people buy on their website. It was a cassette and it was Steve Sobey versus Ryan Bourgeois. And that's about the most I have from like 99 to 2004. There's you not know, a lot. I, I agree with you. And, and even for this documentary, it was tough. Um, because in 2008, when Haas won his, um, you know, his first world championship, go, like that was the first, that was the last world championship until it was brought back in 2016. And and outside of the pictures, um, that that some of the pictures that we found, which actually weren't even a lot, most of the pictures they used in that documentary were actually from Andy's national championship win, I think, in 2004 or five. Um, for whatever reason, there was so much going on at IT at the time that like 2008. I mean, I'm it's me of all people. Like I'm digging through cassettes. I'm digging through like Sony HD cam videos. I'm digging through everything I can. And I've got probably in six and a half years, I've collected probably 90% of what's still usable and, and, and like, whether it's a CD or a Blu-ray or whatever. And I just could not find anything on the old school front though. Like some of the stuff you're talking about, you know, and again, this is part of like my grander picture um, on not just like the marketing of golden tea, but, but telling the story and bringing the history back as we make, you know, new fans and, and we make a better connection to real golfers with the PGA tour game and everything. Um, we do have pretty good video that just never has surfaced wow. in the age of the internet. So we do have some, um, and I should remember the name of them because it's, they're, they're really hard tapes to get, um, they're like data tapes that we have of some like old tournament code and footage and stuff like that. Now, a couple of years ago for the 30th anniversary and the ESPN special of worlds, we were able to, to digitize some of that problem is that stuff, you know, I've got probably 500 different tapes that we could get digitized. Um, you know, one thing I'll just throw it out there. Cause I know you'll appreciate it. I don't know if anybody knows this, but we actually, before we tried, uh, before we started working with John Daly, couple of years ago for golden tea live we actually started building a john daly game back in the 90s for the computer oh really and at least i'm i'm about 95 and i'm like 90 percent sure it was for the computer but there's some stuff in our archives that i found that it's pretty much pointing to that but there's a video of john daly like on some green screen footage and that's like something that those tapes the <laughs> nobody kind of remembered or knew they existed and and it's just a matter of uh you know, convincing um, leadership that I, I should be able to spend the ungodly amounts of money to digitize like 30 year old footage before it's too late. So, I mean, you know, you know how I am with the history of this game and, and, and literally growing up with it. Um, and especially with our social media following and everything these days in some of these mini documentaries coming up, there's uh there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, we have world's footage from like 2002 and 2003 of just like the actual game matches that, even though they put out video uh, VHSs back in the day and some of that stuff's gone on YouTube, uh, we have like all that raw footage and that's stuff that, you know, I want to get out there and, um, you know, really help push over the next couple of years, but especially next year as we go into Golden Tee's 35th anniversary. You know, first off, if I ever like took a trip to Chicago, uh, can I just come like to IT and watch some of that stuff, all that footage and all I mean, I would just, you know, just for a day. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no problem with it. Uh, okay. You might have to find like a beta player and some other stuff to actually uh, to watch the footage. But but yeah, we can make that happen. All right. We'll look into that. We'll look at Amazon on that. All right. So, Kevin, as we are uh, 
going into the 12th edition of the World Championship. All right, this will be, let me get my dates right, July 14th through the 16th from Notoriety, downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Anchoring the call, Kevin Lindsay, Chad Shrump, Adam Kramer, and myself. If you if you fall, we will make the call. Uh, I'll save off, that for John Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the best ever. Uh, all right, so we get first off. Let me ask about uh, casino odds. Have you got any intel on that? Just that's one thing I've heard a lot about here lately. Now, when you say casino wise, you're talking like odds and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just, for us, just, yeah. Yeah, so it's tough. We're still working on it. Um, you know, I can't say for sure it's going to happen. We are, you know, pretty close to the event. Um, and even though we have the exception uh, or the exemption from the Nevada Gaming Board, um, when you're not hosting an event at a casino, it's a little bit tougher to get them to want to, well, to A, understand exactly the type of event that you're putting on um, and B, also um, be willing to listen. So we're we're working with some of the people uh, one of the examples is downtown Grand, where a handful of us are staying from the room block. Um, and we're we're doing our best to make that happen. But I will be honest and say that I can't necessarily guarantee, um, you know, that it's going to happen for this year. I would, I would wonder if the Westgate would be interested. I don't know that, that I don't know how easy of a conversation that is at all. But I mean, to be honest, I, you know, the Westgate, um, now this is more of like inside baseball, but like we're, we're at the Westgate every year for amusement expo. And uh, it's just more of like an inside joke, but you know, the, the last year's world as as good of an event as it was like uh, there, there were some struggles internally between our team and their team, just with some of the promises that were made um, from the event itself that, that they didn't fulfill um, that, you know, again, all stuff that it has been good at and great at navigating over, you know, 25 years of live events is like, and, and people who run tournaments like Steve Sobel and power events, uh, or even like operators that run, you know, local events on the weekend know that no matter how much you plan and prepare, not every bullet point on your list is going to roll smoothly. And, and sometimes you just have to roll with the punches and, and take it as is, um, but yeah, that that that's part of those are part of the conversations. It's not just with downtown Grand. There's other people that uh, that we're we're talking to and considering. But again, it's just tough when it's not being hosted at their at you know their own location. Yeah, uh, have you been to Notoriety yet? I have. So so when we were actually in Vegas in March for our amusement expo, actually we had three trade shows in in one week. I went out there uh, on vacation for a few days. And actually, uh, and walk through the location because there's two rooms um, that are really nice. And and the room that we ended up, that we're going to host the event in, offers a ton more space, whereas the other room was a bit more lit up and, you know, it's intimate probably the word that I'm looking for. Um, when you think about the fact that in 2019 and in 2022, we had over 120 people show up that weren't qualified, that were trying to get those qualifying spots on the Friday um, just having that number of people alone with 20 golden tees and you already had the room filled, not even including the 96 players that are qualified it staff, friends and family and all that. So, so we made the decision to move to what they call the chandelier room. And uh, that room's got a real big, nice bar. The bar is within, um, I don't know, probably 10, 15 feet walking distance from where the games are going to be maybe 25 um, and I know that was one of the things at Westgate last year that was tough was because you had this giant ballroom. And even though we utilized a lot of that space because we were running both the mobile world championship and the arcade world championship, um, we were kind of limited where to where we could put those bars. And so, you know, it, I know it, anyone who's, anyone who's been to a tournament and, and ever drink, whether it's a beer or a pop or a water at a tournament, like if you don't have easy access to get to that stuff, like it, it does not make it, uh, easy to want to keep going back there and doing it, especially if you're in match play on Sunday, you know, you can't just stop in the middle of your round or, you know, if you're getting called back to back matches because it's getting down to the wire, you can't go run to the other side of the ballroom and wait five minutes while they're serving, you know, beers and, and, and pops and water. So this, this, uh, this space that we're going to be in for worlds, you know, we're going to have a stage. 
It's going to be a little bit smaller stage than we we've had in the past, but it's, it's on purpose because we want there to be two or three machines that are featured up there and, and really push, um, you know, the importance of the games that are being played on those stage, because what we did at the Orleans in 18 and 19 and what we did last year, at the Westgate was great, but at the notoriety area, we have a lot of room that we can utilize. And especially with the PGA tour games, um, you know, being a little bit bigger of a footprint when you include the shroud and a 55 inch TV, we want to make sure that we're giving those guys that are playing on the stage enough room and, you know, to help significant, significant, uh, to help, um, damn it. I lost my word, but basically to, to help promote the fact that the matches on the stage are special. And, um, obviously in the beginning of Sunday, like the, the mo the the more important um matchups you know depending on who first uh the number one qualifiers versus number 32 for the championship bracket you know those matches are, there. yeah exactly and all, all those matches you know are going to be recorded and streamed throughout the weekend and so having two or three machines on that stage really helps um you know make that more of a powerful scene uh so you, you you touched on my next point, or, or what I was wanting to ask you next, which is 20 machines? How many? So we're actually going to have 25 machines there. Oh. One of the things that Andy Kuhlman, um, who most people know as our director of esports, runs the productions at the national tournament events and also runs production at the world championship events. One of the things that him and I are working on over the next couple of weeks is, is trying to to decide if we use all 25 games for um, for match play and for qualifying, we won't necessarily need to use them for qualifying, but we also know that if we get a hundred plus people that show up, obviously only one or two qualifying spots may be on the line that Friday night. And we want to keep those guys back. We want to keep them enjoying, you know, watching the world championship, even though they're not playing it. So we may have a couple of games that we deem that are open play throughout the weekend. Um, with the 2023-2024 update for PGA Tour coming out at the end of July, there's a possibility that maybe we can have a couple of games that are actually 23-24. So when people are either, you know, um, not playing their qualifying matches or they get eliminated from the tournament, they can still play Golden Tee and uh, get to, you know, get a little bit of a sneak peek, a, a couple week sneak peek of what's to come um, in the new update. Awesome. That sounds... Great. So you're saying the whole shroud, I mean, you're, you guys are bringing the whole piece. You're not just bringing the, the deck itself or whatever. I mean, I know you yeah. got, you sell those separately, but they also, yeah, we're not, we're bringing the, piece. we're bringing the whole thing. Um, because the one thing with this being the first world championship on the GTPGA tour games is we want to make sure that, um, you know, that we're putting those games forth in the best light. I mean, we know, and everyone's gone through this, that not everybody has the room in their house or the basement or even their bar for the full size kit in Kabul. And, um, you know, that's great. And that's why we started selling the cabinets, the showpiece cabinets just by itself. Um, but especially for the world championship um, with the jib that Andy's team has with all the camera shots and, the, and the, like the footage, not just for the stream itself, but going back to what we talked about earlier, like the, the stuff that people are going to watch in five or 10 years or, you know, in 20 years when I'm still in the same chair doing the same thing I'm doing now and still loving golden tea, like we can go back and pull these clips out that people haven't seen except if they were live at the tournament. So um, presentation is, is a big part and it's always been, whether it's at the Orleans or Westgate, you know, the one thing I tell people is that every world championship, even between 2018 and 2019, the first and the second year at the Orleans hotel and casino, um, the presentation was similar, but it was a little different. Obviously, when you're in a ballroom at Westgate, you have a lot of wide open spaces. Um, the nice thing about the chandelier room at Notoriety is it's kind of the, the best of both worlds. There's enough space where we can space out all 25 machines and people aren't going to be bumping into each other. There's room to move and breathe. But it's also um, the main area where the stage and the bar and the seating is going to be is it, it has a little bit more of an intimate feel. Okay. Well, but I'm looking forward to this so much, dude. You're getting me amped up. Uh, so Friday night is going to be our normal closest to the pin uh, last chance spot. Right now, as we know, I think there's only going to be one spot to be given. 
Yes. So the plan was originally to do to have two spots because that's traditionally what we try to do on Fridays. Um, but then Jason Kendrick and Game Time Amusements, uh, Mike Johnson, some of those guys, they brought you know proposed this idea of having like a what eventually morphed into a last chance tournament to qualify. Originally it was supposed to happen in December, uh, or excuse me, in September. And then we we were having the the network outage that kind of went uh, a little bit longer than we anticipated, oh, yeah. and so that got moved up. Um, and so there is right now only one spot on the line. But every single year, for whatever reason, there's always been either a work issue comes up, a family issue, or you know something comes up where somebody's dropping out last minute. Um, and so what I, what we've been telling people is, no matter whether you qualify or not. We want this to be like it was at the Orleans where it was a great time for not just people who are qualifying and playing and are in the world championship, but that's why we want the extra machines too, because we want somebody who doesn't get that qualifying spot on Friday to come back. We're going to bring back some of the, um, what we did a few years ago where players can get drawn from like a hat with a ticket. If you're not qualified, but you're in the audience, they could potentially play with a top qualifier to, to win some golden tea gift cards, like in a closest to the pin, oh, uh, cool. similar to what we did in 2019. And then having the, the 2023 beta there too, is like everyone or nobody needs an excuse to go to Las Vegas, uh, practically nobody. But if you can go to Las Vegas and entertain yourself over three or four days with some golden tea, um, you know, it's hard to beat that. Yeah, not at all, man. The, uh, so you said there's going to be Friday night. Is there going to be something for the players that already qualified? Are they going to play another closest to the pin like last year? Yeah. So we'll, we'll do what we did last year and we'll have the two closest to the pins, a qualifier, uh qualified one and a non-qualifier. Um, one of the things that's different this year is, and it's the brainchild of, of Andy Kuhlman is a doing some speed runs. So Paul Luna reigning world, uh, excuse me, the reigning and defending golden tea world champ on Saturday night after qualifying is going to play. Um, I can't remember which course, but he's going to play a course. Um, and he's, I think it's hidden temple. And basically we want to set like the fastest game played. Now you and I know we've been there, like the Andy Haas is the Lunas. They can play fast, but we've never really done anything like this where we're actually going to time it, put it on the record books and, and just make it something fun that other players, whether they're qualified or not, and whether in Vegas or playing at home, watching at home, could just start to do and, and try to ta- track their times. And, and maybe it's something that we do at all these tournaments on like a Friday night or a Thursday night, just something fun and different. Yeah. Um, now, granted, certain people like Haas or Luna can probably play pretty well playing fast. Others, maybe not so much, but there's still some fun to that. Absolutely. The, uh, Saturday qualifying. Are we still tossing around the idea of what we're doing for courses or is that set in stone now? No, it's, it's, um, I would say it's 50, 50, like some, some things are set in stone. Um, I will say without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, every course that is on that game with the exception of the three PGA tour courses from 2021 are going to be potentially in the rotation. I know it's not, uh, you know, if the, if we were at a WWE show, I get a lot of booze for that, but you know, the way I look at it and the way the team looks at it, it's, it's not like PJ tour or anybody is forcing us to do this, but these courses specifically TBC Scottsdale in general, because I, I really enjoyed that course and it's really scorable. Um, at the end of the day, these courses, the TPC courses may be easier than the golden T courses, but when it comes down to it, you still have to have skill to play them. And at the end of the day, it's still the Golden Tee World Championship. And we've always included, whether it's original Jim Z courses or remaster courses, we've always had those courses that are on the game that current year eligible for the championship. So, you know, again, course of booze in the background, but, you know, it wouldn't be right for us to ignore these courses because they are an important piece of the game going forward. Uh, whether people like the PGA Tour cabinet uh, or they don't. Um, and, and so it's also it, it's also kind of, for better or for worse, forcing players who don't play those courses or don't play on the PGA Tour to go out and to, to essentially get used to that cabinet. 
Um, because there's people that qualified on Golden Tee Lives or Golden Tee Live Home Editions and maybe haven't touched a PGA Tour game yet or have only played a handful of games on it. And so, you know, those courses, you can only get on those games. So it's it's kind of, um, there's a few reasons for it. But also, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes, um, actually, no matter what, there's always going to be complaints about something. So you might as well embrace it and see what happens. I, I understand to a point. I also want to have respect for the world championship as well, that we understand that this is the world championship. I would like to think it's not like any other tournament. And so if we're going to bring the best players in the world, let's provide the best test for them to have. I don't mind the PGA courses as far as what you can do with them. All right. If you haven't chushed before, it's advantageous for you to learn to chush on these uh, PGA tour courses, uh, making sure that you can hit it at maximum speed straightforward 143 or whatever your a1c3 du jour is so what i'm saying yeah is i don't mind the pga tour courses but i also want to make sure that we're providing the best test for these guys to because they are essentially the best at what they do so i hope that that's in your mind when you're coming up with this stuff so no it it, it is like you know like i said it's it's really just um there's always a balance you can try to find and you're not always going to achieve the balance that everybody wants. Yeah. And like, it's not, not, not everybody's going to be happy. Exactly. And and so, you know, I mean, it survived this long making decisions that players didn't agree with or didn't think was the right and golden the right direction to go in and, and we're still around. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and I can say that, by the way, I can say that because I, as a player, have been there in the position of the players. We're saying they don't agree with something at IT, but also I get a little bit of a different view because I'm one of the people that are making those decisions these days, but I've also been in that position. So I, you know, I see it a little bit differently than most outside of, you know, Adam, who is now the president, um, because you, you kind of dabble between both sides where, you know, no matter what, uh, at the end of the day, if I'm in a bar and there's a golden tea, I'm still a player at heart and I'm going to go play golden tea, even though I could play it in the office. Um, but at the same time, you know, some of the things that, you know, myself or Andy or Adam do, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, it's a business and you want to make the best business decision to keep golden tea going. And yeah, we're going to hit 35 next year, but we're also thinking about 40 and what are we going to do for 50? Um, you know, uh, so it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's uh, we got Saturday qualifying. It's going to be a the normal five course qualifier. Um, after we're done with that, you guys got Saturday night plans. What did, didn't you say? Something was you said the speed runs. That's what yeah. So happen. we'll we'll do some of the speed runs. Um, you know, really for Saturday, those qualifying days can get long. Even though this is a more um. You know, it's different than a, the national tournament event because it is a set field of 96 and it does move pretty quickly. Um, but really, we want the focus on Saturday to be qualifying. We'll do a little bit of the speed running stuff with Paul Luna. Um, and then it's really just going to be open play and letting players, you know, take advantage of the fact that we've got this giant space. We've got a bar, um, you know, that's right there. And, um, also potentially get some player feedback and um on the on the 2023 courses and some of the the game modes that are coming to that sunday we will do the normal what we've done the last couple couple years like the last several years it's been a 32 man gold bracket 64 man silver bracket double yep. elimination both of them going to be double elimination and if we decided are they going to be on all the courses or just the golden tee courses still still kind of in the air but to be honest like I, it's kind of what i said before where it's like um it, it's up in the air let's just leave it at that it's important for anybody that's playing in this championship that hey why don't you just play all the courses and be prepared for anything uh, this, that's the best way i can put it yeah it, realistically you know and this may sound a, a little uh, a little crude, but like at the end of the day, 
the world championship is the world championship and it's a big stage for uh and a big opportunity for one of the for all these 96 players that will end up qualified um you know and you're talking about over $150,000 in the prize pool um 150,000 between the championship bracket the silver bracket and some of the other stuff we're doing um with closest to the pin and like the Saturday uh non-qualifier opportunities and things like that and you know whether people like the the PJ tour courses or think that they should be part of the championship or not, it's not going to stop somebody from coming to Vegas and, and vying for that opportunity because whether it's on a TPC course or a Jim Z original course or a remaster course, um, you know, it's still, it, it, it's the championship and you kind of have to deal with the cards that you're drawn. We're getting cu- uh, close to new courses. Coming out soon. What's the date on that? July 31st. Did I get that right? Yep. Yep. It's a Monday. So it's about uh, two weeks after people get back from Las Vegas from the world. Um, and so it's this one's a little different because it is the first digitally downloadable and installable update. So uh, while we'll still have USB sticks because not every area is going to have the type of bandwidth and the Internet speeds to download a 35, 40 gig update. Um, the, the big push for us right now is, is really getting, you know, those 5,000 PGA tour games, um, you know, updated digitally over the air operators will have control because at the end of the day, we don't want to just push this data because it costs us server, um, you know, space and, and all that as well. Um, but operators, whether they're at the game or on operator services will be able to, set up a window for the update to download to the game and then when to install it. Um, so as of, you know, 12 one AM central time Monday, theoretically games will start installing that update and be ready to go with, uh, with the set of courses that are on there and, and the new features like target rush and things like that. Um, as soon as those locations open. Are you a little nervous about, you know, this is the first time this is ever happening. Okay. So, I mean, they're, they're, this can't go perfectly, right? You know, normally I would say yes, but realistically for 20, almost 20 years, we've been doing over the air patches for Golden Tea Live. Obviously those are megs compared to the gigs, but at the end of the day, um, it really comes down to servers and bandwidth, um, but we're, we're basically taking the, the ground, you know, the groundwork that's been laid over 20 years of patches and, you know, modifying that system. So yeah, of course, anytime you release something as new as this, um, there's going to be some nerves, but it's, it's, it's kind of really just a, a oversized patch in terms of, you know, the way people will see it. Uh, you have a, time like how long do you think it would take to download or have you guys tested this at all or so i don't have the numbers in front of me but yeah they're they're going through and testing it now uh the way the operator services side uh for will work and the game side too is there's different flags so if you have a terrible internet connection it'll flag you as red pretty quickly um and those are the operators that we'll know to get with hey here's a usb update stick uh, we know certain locations in certain areas are just not going to have good access to location Wi-Fi or hardwire. Um, and so we've got little check marks kind of uh, on the back end system to say whether a location or specifically a cabinet is going to be um, quote unquote eligible to get that downloadable update. Um, and I think just from some of the tests they've run so far, um, it's really a handful, a small handful of games that, that, I wouldn't say concerns the word, but we know we're going to have update six prepared and mailed out just to be safe. So picture another year down the road. All right. When we're already thinking about our next world championship, are we using notoriety as a, Hey, a test? Hey, could we come back here one day? Is Las Vegas. I thought about, is it going to be our, still our home? There's a, I, if you want to go read the the reddits on social media, it's, you know, there's conflicting thoughts about Las Vegas these days. It's hard to yeah. do business there. Just not just as it, but anybody. So, right. It, it's definitely something that, um, especially when you get down to the nitty gritty and, um, you know, you're talking about money spent and budget and, you know, on top of just the 150 K in prizes, but everything else, um, 
shipping going up over the last couple of years. Not even that, but um, the PGA Tour stands. You can only, you know, we I found out that, and I obviously didn't even think of this, but you know, you can't put as many PGA Tour game stands on a pallet like you could with the old, um, you know, the old Golden Tee Live TV stand. Yeah. Little things like that that ultimately will affect the number of pallets that you're shipping and the cost. Um, you know, here's the deal. We all love Las Vegas. Like, you know, Las Vegas will always have a long history with Golden Tee. Um, but it's not the only place that we've had world championships. We've done them in Orlando before. We've done them in other places. Um, I think getting closer to home in the mid Midwest is, is kind of what we're looking to do for next year. But it's not, uh, you know, it's not to say that that we're never going to come back to Vegas. Uh, you know, Adam and I have had ideas for a long time to do maybe a non-world championship, but a higher, um, you know, stakes type of event. And and as we're working more with not just the PGA Tour and their partners, but some of our other business partners from the gaming side or excuse me, the casino gaming side, um, more and more avenues are kind of opening up for us. So even even if the world championship isn't in, in Vegas next year, uh, we're always going to have a Vegas presence and, you know, one way or another, we'll, we'll do tournaments there still. But I think um, just with how Vegas has gotten over the last couple of years and, and how expensive it is. And frankly, after you do Vegas for so many times, whether you're running an event, running a trade show, or just going out there to have fun so, and so, party. So you're about you're six times a year now for you, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets, <laughs> I don't want to say it gets tiring because it's always fun, you know, and there's always something new to do, but when it comes to putting on an event like this, being in the Midwest is really where we want to be because it's, I mean, it's literally central. It is, it is a central area and it's a lot easier to get to. And especially as the world's changed with esports and sports betting and casinos over the last, you know, 10 years, five, 10 years. Um, there's a lot of the stuff that is exciting about Vegas that, you can get in Illinois or in Indiana or in Wisconsin and, and still make it a, a must be at event and a, in a, you know, high stakes in the sense of the, the number of dollars you're giving away to players and the opportunities. Um, and so I think that's kind of where, when we get back from, from worlds or arcade worlds in Vegas, we're going to try to take a breather 2023, 2024 update comes out for golden TPGA tour. Then you get prepared for the Golden Tee Live update to come out in mid-September. Around the same time as the Golden Tee Mobile World Championship. Mobile. Uh, so we're back in Vegas. And then pretty much at that point is, is when, if not earlier, when the switches are going to flip. And it's like, okay, let's get everything prepared, everything possible. Let's get all the sponsors lined up and, and you know, ultimately the, the goal is always every year to make the, the event bigger and better. And for one reason or another, it doesn't uh, it doesn't always happen when you set a a standard in the bar so high. Some things you do, you know, in a, in a future event might not be perceived as as big and as grand as it has been. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still giving away a ton of money. Uh, we're still recognizing uh, world champ. And even though it's not um, it's not putting Paul Luna's face in the game, which I know Richard King is probably, even though he's not a part of this, still somehow commenting on it as we speak. Um, we have some other fun ideas that we're talking about doing with the world championship, both the event itself, um, but also on the game side with the characters, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, having a physical, a more physical presence of a world champ um, is kind of like the, uh, the, the tiny little hint that I'll give um, and some of my friends that uh, like you and, and others might, might be able to put two and two together. If you're thinking undisputedly or something like that. Where are we at? Do you think with the transition from golden T live to golden T PGA tour, this is what this has been talked about for a number of years now that this is going to be a transition process for operators to move from the live to with our partners with the PGA tour. Where are we with that right now? You know, it's, it's honestly, it's hard to say because, um, you know, four or five years ago when this deal with the PGA tour was built and the, the frame, you know, the framework and the groundwork were being laid for the new game and the new cabinet and all that, uh, we had all these grand ideas and it was going to be very, very much so like we've done in the past. Um, 
you know, for people who have been around long enough, when, when Golden Tee Live came out, uh, it was a little bit of a struggle um, because at the time we, you know, we, we, we can admit it, like we priced the cabinet too high and um, people were just not ready to transition to a new generation. Uh, even though historically golden tea generations last, you know, five, four, five, six years. Um, but you're also adding a, um, not adding the backspin button, but you're adding roll, which eventually turned into other spin types. And, and you're just like the PGA tour removed the help button, which forever until the day we all die will be a debate as to whether or not we should have done that. But anytime you make changes, whether it's physical chat changes to the cabinet or changes to the gameplay or even the, um, you know, the actual generation itself, kind of like we said earlier, your plans that you had years ago never stay the same. Uh, obviously, the pandemic threw a lot of things off, uh, made a lot of things uh, more challenging. Um, pretty much the the plan to kind of sunset live quicker really kind of went out the window. And we knew that for our sake, for the operator's sake, for the location's sake, that we wanted to support Golden Tea Live for a few more years. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, you're starting to see some of the more drastic changes where, you know, target rush, the new, uh, new mode for PGA tour is only PGA tour. Uh, the remaster courses and the TBCs are only on the PGA tour game. Um, I think over the course of the next two or three years, you'll start to see a little bit more of that. Um, because for us, whether you're talking about a PlayStation or Xbox but more especially uh, an arcade game. I mean, at that point, by the time we sunset Golden Tee Live, it's going to be over 20 years old, closer to 25. Um, and that's unheard of in, in any industry, much less the arcade one. So I know, again, you can't make decisions that are going to make everyone happy. That's not, fortunately, it's not how business works. It, you know, if, if everything was a perfect world, you know, we might not be having this conversation. So I, I think this year is the first big step of us kind of adding more meat and potatoes to the PJ tour game. Again, there's going to be some stuff that's taken out of legacy. Um, and I understand, like, we understand that, you know, just, just like the real time rival debacle of 2022, where people uh, were upset that we took it out. Um, you, you know, when Adam and the dev team and others are making decisions, you know, it, we didn't want to necessarily get real rid of real time rival, but when you're looking at things like target rush and other new game modes that we had in the pipeline, um, as well as the time, frankly, for, for myself and Adam, just to hit all those shots, like the percentage of gameplay was, was low, was the lowest out of everything, including casual play. Oh, wow. So again, it, it's something fun. And it's not to say that, that something like that might not ever come back in the future. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't, I know, again, nobody, not everyone's going to like the decisions we make, but I, the one thing I, I want to stress to people is that, you know, you have, everyone can have their opinion and they don't need to necessarily agree with everything we're doing. Um, but sometimes you have to think or try to think in the business sense of, you know, just because a small percent of the community really likes this feature, you know, we have to think grander scheme and not just, you know, the 10,000 people on Golden T fan who, again, we are some of those people and we respect their opinions and, and, and love them for everything they do. But we also have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of players outside of that bubble that we have to look at. And so um, that's kind of how we're trying to make decisions is we're trying to make data-driven decisions that, that don't necessarily translate to something that we can show people or that's something people are going to understand. Um, even right now, the, the game, you know, we're taking closest to the pin as it is out of the game to put in target rush closest to the pin, both old school rules where um, hole in one splits a pot and the new school to uh, lowest total distance after nine holes. Both those versions are going into invites. But part of the reason they're going into invites is because uh, the menu is just getting so busy between daily contest and money shot and 18 hole prizes and events mode like excuse me. So that's like some of the stuff that we're thinking about is um, not to mention the development work. So, so, you know, when somebody looks at a PGA tour cabinet or, and they try to compare it to a PlayStation game, um, 
no matter how great an arcade game is, I don't, uh, unless the game costs like $20,000, I don't think it's fair to compare them. Um, but also I, I want people to realize that, you know, part of the reason that we decided to take some of the courses out of golden tea live is because not only do we have to QA and, t- and play through and test every single course every year that they're re-exported on PGA Tour, we have to do it on Golden Tee Live too. So it's kind of like the the balancing act of like you're taking away, um, you're, you're, you're kind of taking some of the development time that goes into making those courses work for Golden Tee Live and you're putting it into making the, the PGA Tour courses and, and the new courses better but you're also taking some of the programming dev time to build new features like target rush um, to be, to rebuild um, something akin to fax live where operators and, and even players and locations can run their own tournaments and, and soft and, you know, leagues coming back down the line. Um, there, there's always got to be some give and take, you know, and, and whether you, whether, and I say whether you like it or not, because I'm saying it for me as well, like, there's times where we have to make decisions uh, based on the data or, you know, revenue numbers and stuff that it's it's hard for us to make because we're tied to those game features. We're tied to those, th- those things. But at some point, especially with an arcade game, you got to help push people to that next level. Um, and that's kind of, we're at that crossroads with golden T live where we're still going to support it for a couple of years. And I said this before, and I just want to reemphasize it. Even when we stop, producing course updates and game updates for golden tea live. We're not saying that we're going to kill support and like turn off the servers and all that stuff. It's the benefit to looking at now versus when golden tea four transition to golden tea live, you know, it ran golden tea four monthly tournaments for a couple months into the true life cycle golden tea live before sunsetting it. And then you just couldn't connect online at all at a certain point. I think it was like 2006, 2007 is when we officially cut it off. Because the PGA Tour, um, you know, is built from the backbone of Golden Tee Live, it helps allow us to keep some of those features running and not really add a, a ton of cost in the back end when when we stop making Golden Tee Live courses in a couple of years. How are we going to distribute this year as far as July 31st? Are we going to have two PGAs and three Golden Tee courses? Is that going to be the number or four? Uh, are you talking about at, at terms of like when we when we launch? Uh, the next, yeah, July 31st when the new courses come out. Yeah, so it's it's actually going to be, let me pull, and I have, I apologize, I have, you know, 14 different Word docs open at the moment. Um, it's actually, I think it's a little, in my opinion, again, it's very biased, but um, to me, it's, it's a little more balanced. So we're going to launch with four Jim Z courses and one PGA Tour. Excellent. Um, now, the the thing that's different about this year is that we have five Jim Z originals, three remaster courses, two of them being Golden Tee Live original remasters in Kangaroo and Cumberland, which is something new and different. And then we have two PGA Tour TPC courses. So uh, we'll we'll launch with four originals, one PGA Tour course, and then essentially when Legacy launches at the beginning of September, we'll launch another new Jim Z course. And then kind of, excuse me, try to balance it pretty much through the end of May, or excuse me, through the end of June next year, whether it's between new seasons, which is new tees and new pins and, um, you know, new courses and new features. So um, every year we're trying to add more and more to that that time release schedule, not just for the operator's sake, from a revenue generating sake, but also from the players, because even though there's 10 courses, like when you play these courses a ton, you know, it can feel, it can feel old quickly. And that's why we've, we've moved to having three different sets of T's um, for these courses. Yeah. Uh, and we're trying to, trying to do, you know, we have specific T boxes on every single hole of the new Jim Z courses for target rush. So we can do some fun stuff with that. We have um, exclusives that we can do in events mode where every hole is potentially a par three um, and you might have a tee box in the middle of fairway and it's like a 125 yard look at a hole that normally in an 18 hole contest or daily contest, you'd never see that. So are we going to close? Oh, yeah, that's where I was going. Are we, are we going to begin to close the door, the, uh, the live contest door on some of the last year courses, Easter, all those courses, they're going to stop 
producing a live contest for prizes, if you will. Yeah. So because we have this couple of months, like a month and a half gap between uh, PGA tour release and legacy release, we'll do something similar to last year where um, until we get to the point where legacy updates are out there, um, that's when we'll start to turn the dials back on some of those courses. Cause it's the same thing we've done in the last couple of years. Um, and I mentioned it earlier and it might be a little too inside baseball, but when I say re-export the courses last year, uh, you know, there was a couple, like, I don't know, maybe a, a close to a hundred bugs that were kind of in the system, like Invisileve, certain things that we've all been affected by over the years. Um, and they went through and they made those changes and they fixed some of the trees and some of the rocks and other pieces. But, uh, the downside, so to speak of that is that every course had to be re-exported. Yeah. And so over the last couple of years, we've had to cut off the previous year's contest quicker and quicker. And it's not because we're trying to force operators to for like instantly update um, or home edition owners to force uh, to quickly update. It's more the legality reasons that if we, you know, we can't have invites or event mode contest when even something as small as like an Invisileve on, um, I only remember this because I, I saw the video of it randomly. Uh, it's like hole 10 of, um, damn it. I can't remember the whole, the, the, like the point I'm making is that even though uh, there's minimal changes and it might be a tree that some person might randomly hit, you know, and it never get noticed or an Invisileaf or a branch is fixed or whatever. From a legality standpoint, we've got to make sure that everything is, uh, you know, the same. And and obviously, even though the PJ Tour is 4K graphics and, and Golden T Live is 1080, all the, the trees and the models and all that stuff is the same. Um, and so that's why we've been shutting that stuff off quicker because we can't allow, you know, to cross pollinate. So um, realistically, like money shot, um, daily contest and events mode won't have any of the 2023 courses um, until September. Um, essentially, after commercial 2023 game updates ship on the 5th, home edition updates ship about two weeks later on the 18th. And that is when we'll really make the transition for invites, events, mode, et cetera. Word on the street is that some of the contests are uh, take a long time to close on the PGA Tour. Are those going to start uh, – some of those courses going to stop being for prizes at some point? Yeah. So, actually, one of the – one of the additions that that kind of we're most excited about is more of like an internal tool. Um, but, but players will start to see this because right now for 2022, it's, it's really bloated. It, it really is. And, and I mean that the best way possible because you have 10 courses on golden TPJ tour, and then you have the golden TPJ tour 2021 TPC courses and classic course of the week. Wow. So one of the tools that we built this year, is it's kind of twofold right now it's a bit of a struggle like when we put out a patch games know to, to grab a patch but we really can't force those games to do that if something goes wrong in the field with like an events mode or daily contest or whatever happens we don't have a good way to force instantly force those changes or those fixes that's not going to be the case anymore when the 2023 update comes out Essentially, like we'll have what we're internally calling it like God powers to essentially tell a game, hey, you need to reboot the mo the next second you connect to IT net. Part of those powers is the carousel is not locked in. Right now, it's locked in with all those courses. With the with 2023, we'll have the ability to add and remove courses at our leisure. So, you know, the idea will still be to have seven courses, three PGA, or excuse me, eight courses, now two PGA tours and classic course of the week. But if we wanted to take out the remaster courses for a week and only have the five main courses, we could do that. If we wanted to have no current courses in five classic courses of the week, we could do that. If we wanted to put 20 courses out there um, and have 10 classic course of the weeks, we could do that. So um, there's no limit to what we can do with the carousel now, which will make it easier. If we see that courses aren't closing as quickly, uh, we can kind of 
softly close those and pull the course out of the rotation instantly and, and, and either leave it be or switch out and put another classic course of the weekend. So it, it's kind of a little innovative tool that um, we've been wanting for a long time. Um, but now we have the power to do that quickly and instantly across all the games. So is there going to be a week I show up to the bar and Hey, it's Monte Zabayos, Bayo, Bayou Bay, Baja Rio, Black Hills, Black Hills, Whispering Valley. That's the only courses you can play this week that are for prizes. Theoretically. Yes. I mean, we we've joked about, you know, do we do something like that? Or maybe there's a week where it's Bonnie Moore and Bonnie. Your phones will blow up, dude. Your phone will explode. I know. And that's when I changed (laughs) my number for the first time in almost 20 years. The Golden Tea World couldn't handle that. But it's, but, you know, and again, we're not going to do anything over the, you know, first couple months. We're not going to do anything crazy. But if we want to have two classic courses of the week, we can. If we want to have, you know, uh, a special week where it's, all mountain courses we could like there's a lot of power that we have uh at the tip of our fingers that we didn't have before because now we basically have taken out every piece of the uh sprint as i like to always call it the sprint og um you know settings of golden tea live all, all that stuff is kind of pulled out now um because every game is connected via wi-fi or ethernet uh we have the ability to just say hey instantly patch um, you know, not to say it's going to make patches speedier and more expedited, but in theory, it can. We don't have to try and cram a good chunk of bug fixes or improvements or whatever the case may be into a patch and then release it. If something comes up where, um, you know, God forbid there's like a watchdog issue or like a certain really egregious rock is giving people an unplayable lie or something like that, we can just throw that stuff out there and pretty much overnight, if not sooner, uh, within minutes, have that take effect. Kevin, this has been an awesome hour of conversation. Document, by the way, you're a documentary star now. Uh, you, you've actually, you know, you've gotten the uh, off-camera view where you're <clears> talking <throat> to this person right here. I'm very proud of you. All right, you're so much grown up than uh, the lot where I first remember you, sir. No, I appreciate that, and I just want to put it out there because I know it's going to happen no matter what. Um, you know, although we had like, you know, I had the ability to give some creative direction and like, oh, hey, like, you know, why not shoot Jim and Larry playing the old 3D and stuff like that? Like uh, this was the Golfer's Journal project. And so while they, you know, asked us for feedback on certain things, like, you know, I already know it's going to happen. Somebody's going to be like, wow, Kevin pretty much said, hey, just make me the star. I didn't realize it. Um, when I watched the trailer, I was like, OK, like I'm in there, whatever. And I shared it on my Instagram. And I shared on my story and I said, God, I hate the sound of my voice because like everybody or most everybody, they hate the way they sound on video. It's always different than the way you hear it. Yeah. Um, and then they said, well, your voice pretty much guides the the documentary. And I was like, oh, son of a gun. What does that mean? And then I watched and I was like, OK, you know, it was actually kind of cool. It was it was pretty well done. It was very well uh, done, sir. But, you know, that's the fun thing uh, about my job is like at the end of the day. Yeah, I might be head of marketing, but I'm I'm doing, you know, I'm doing business development things with Adam and Josh. I'm helping the with the courses when it comes to like playing through and testing. Like I have the ability to wear a ton of hats, uh, which is not necessarily something I thought I would have, you know, when I first took this job, uh, you know, in March 2017. Um, and thankfully, I've been put in a position by Adam and others is that, you know, I can kind of help with the community's feedback, of course, uh, whether it's good or bad, like. Um, you know, we're in a position to really help shape not just the PGA tour game, um, you know, but, but really take this brand on, you know, as we get closer to the 35th, 35th anniversary next year, really take it, you know, from like a, uh, you know, right down the middle double to like a grand slam and, and really push golden tea to the next level, uh, that we've been talking about for, for so long. Give me something for my Golden T-Mobile guys to be, get excited about. Well, I will say, say what you want about Golden T-Tournament Edition. Um, you know, Skills is doing their part in in helping push this event and promote it. Um, you know, they, they've added some money to the prize pool. 
Um, we're working with them and some of our friends uh, at Amazon and Twitch to see what we can do to also help take that world championship and push it to the next level. Um, you know, John and his team, even though we're still, we're continuously looking at what could we do? Um, what, what can, you know, what other games are out there that could make a strike in the industry, whether it's the arcade or mobile um, or even kind of going outside of our comfort zone um, at the end of the day, golden team mobile is still what really helped make and shape and create the mobile division. And so as we're getting ready to launch new courses in the arcade side, you know, we've talked about how could we in the future implement more newer stuff quicker into the mobile game. Uh, and so, you know, even though the mobile world championship is, is not part of the arcade worlds and we're kind of separating them out. I think at the end of the day, with all the plans that Andy Kuhlman has in place for that, um, you know, the arena, it's literally an arena um, that, that we're, that we're having this championship in. So it's going to be much more different. It's going to be much more uh, exciting and fun and fast paced. And uh, it's hard to explain until people actually get out there uh, and they see it. And um, you know, we're only, uh, we're less than three months away from, from that tournament as well. And it's hard to believe, like, I don't know how we're literally, you know, I don't know how we're two and a half. It's like three weeks until the arcade world championship. There's just a ton between arcade worlds and mobile worlds and the PJ tour and the live release. Um, there's a ton of stuff going on right now. So when September 17th and, or excuse me, 16th and 17th hit in Las Vegas at the FSW arena, um, I think people will be really happy with, uh, with the presentation and the style and, and just being able to have fun a little bit more differently than we can on the arcade side. I'll be looking forward to see that. You said September 17th, 16th and 17th in 16th Las Vegas. Word. Awesome. One thing about that documentary, I, I had I had a note written down, and I I should follow my notes better when I talk to you. But the, I was thinking about the documentary because they had a part where golden tea terminology, all right. And I guess I've never used the term smoothie in my entire life. I don't. Have you used the term smoothie? No, but I can't say that I've really. That's an Andy like, Haas term. I, I can't really say that chush is like a big part of my vocabulary either. Right. Uh, uh, it's well, okay. That's more common, but I had not heard a smoothie before. I was a little disappointed. I didn't hear terms like whatever he needs or uh bulldozer. That, that, that seems like uh more appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have to sit down and talk to Andy next time we interview him for a project <laughs> just to emphasize that. Yeah. Kevin Lindsay, I appreciate you spending some time with me, brother. Of course, my friend real quick, one last thing. And I, just because we'll put this out there, but I wanted to bring it up here first. Um, you know, we're going through this thing with Google right now with YouTube replays. And uh, while I completely understand and, and myself am also, um, people are disappointed that they, you know, the last couple of weeks, they haven't been able to send YouTube replays. Um, I hate this, but it is a much, you know, more difficult situation than just like, oh, we're not, you know, we there's a somebody unplug something in the back and we can't connect to YouTube. It has to do with Google's terms of service and some deeper deeper connection things deeper deeper conversations with google so uh, is it money what's that is it money no um okay. no i, I, I kind of wish it was no no a lot of it has to do with privacy policies and you know what you can do with people's data um and and let's be honest like our youtube structure like our connection from um you know our server farm as we have at it to google has not changed as far as i'm aware since we started this in you know 2008 um but as google kind of gets their stuff together and they change their privacy policies and, and they want you know people to have better control of their data stuff that we that we agree with um especially when you get involved with legal stuff it's not as as easy of a solution as people on the internet might think it may be. It's not like we're just sitting on our hands with this. Um, the timing is, 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 is kind of terrible because there's potentially some game side work, which is a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of the struggle, but it's part of the struggle because <laughs> the team's working hard to put the finishing touches on 2023 and all that. Um, and so as important as YouTube replays are, again, we're a small team doing mighty things. And so, as I've said a ton of times and I feel like I should get it tattooed on me, it's, it's a balancing act. So 
legal's working with Google to remedy kind of some of the stuff that that they're requiring of us. Um, and I wish it was as simple as like updating some language on, on a web page, but it's not. So I, you know, I appreciate everyone's patience. I know it sucks. I know people are starting to learn the skipper ripper method of like hand recording it on your phone. But, <laughs> uh, and I say that cause I, I love skipper and I, and I, I used to do that back in the day too. Um, but I think we'll get some answers over the next couple of weeks, but I, but I also just want to be transparent of like, this is not something that is going to be um, solved in the next couple of weeks. Like I, you know, knock on wood, I'm wrong on that, but I just want to prepare people like this may be a bit more of a back and forth with Google uh, than we originally anticipated. So I, you know, it sucks. It's not fun. We're all disappointed here. Uh, it might be hard to believe, but sometimes we hit good shots that we want to send to YouTube too. Um, but appreciate everyone's patience on it. And again, just like everything we'll adjust, we'll make the changes that we need and uh, we'll be better in the long run because of it. I appreciate you touched on that. I didn't make a note of that, but I had it on my mind. I appreciate you touched on that. No, Kevin Lindsay. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks a lot, my friend.